Hey, Biff, what do you call it when a guy's crying while masturbating? Oh, God. We're still doing this? Hey, uh, well, what do you call it when a guy's crying while masturbating, Jock? Uh, that's a tearjerker. <laughs> that's Good a tearjerker. Good Lord. Hey, Good Lord. how come pregnant horses are so much faster than other horses? Why why are pregnant horses faster than other horses, Jock? I think I two horsepower. Joe! You think Where's you, Joe? You think we can Where get Joe? Is Joe? Do you want Joe to come back? You know what? It worked the last time. Did somebody Where's say Joe? comedy? <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay, I'll go. Thank God. Bye. See ya. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. This is Biff. I'm eating. <laughs> and not only is Joe on the podcast, I, I can I can reach out and, and touch it. Just, just, just touch it. He can face. give me COVID right now. <laughs> uh, so we just recorded a podcast with a friend of a friend of the show now somebody uh, my wife goes back to the uh, early mid 90s when they did rocky horror together uh, for a theater group and 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 cambridge mass uh, that we reconnected with uh, that i reached out to to get some um, to just some bounce some ideas off of before we did our paul lynn episode cuz he's written a play about him uh, but gene dante and uh, he he is he's an actor a musician, a writer, a really, really funny guy. So next week's sideshow is going to be really, I'm really excited. Well, about and, and more importantly, the, you know, the coach in the, you know, play like a girl Bauer campaign from last season. So, so it's so good. It's it just, yeah. just, just a decent, decent guy. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about acting, uh, they should never do the play Willy Walker Jr. ever again anywhere <laughs> because my son, uh, Grayson played Phineas Trout this week and he did such a great job. The bar has been so raised that unless I, I don't know, I, I don't know, unless oh, there are rafters where they can retire his number, yeah, they really should. And, and what's funny is, you know, yeah, I might, I might be, I'm not saying I am. There's a possibility I'm being a little biased. But he did. He did such an amazing job. I sent it to the hockey guys, you know, on the on the text thread that we're at. And All Star Tommy, the great thing is, and I told management this. The great thing is, my male, you know, athletic friends um, who do nothing but bust each other's balls all the time know what a softy I am. And 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 All Star made some comments like, "We could see you crying from here." And 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 I did. Like I won a thousand percent because he loves it so much, and to get to see him do something that he's good at, that he loves, that he works so hard at. Um, and it was it was a really really fun role. He really nailed it. The whole production. It's you know it's a junior high theater group, um, but they did they did a really great job. Uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, Tracy the Clown, who's also a theater teacher at another school. She brought, she brought all. She came to see it the first night. Brought a bunch of her students the second night to see it because they're like, okay, this is this is the gold standard. This is where we want to get to as far as because they're doing the same play. They're doing Willy Wonka Junior too. Um, so it was really nice that it like you know she just didn't say oh they did a great job she. 
pay to bring students to see it the next time because it was that good. So, uh, yeah. so I think yeah, it'd be nice if I, you know, is it so like because of the, I think because of the iPhone Android crossover, the resolution of the, of the video I got was kind of crappy. So hopefully there's not like a better resolution video of it. Cause you know, I'll post, I, I really I'll, like post it on, I'll post it on the Twitterverse. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if, I don't know. Am okay. I allowed to? Cause there's other kids. Uh, on it. Yeah. Uh, that's a tricky I would, one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about yeah. posting videos of kids on the internet. Yeah. I think you're okay. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they're really young. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is that, is that okay? So I'll have to, Hey, you know, that. I have a dark web account. Oh, never mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. No, but he, he did. He played Phineas Trout, the news reporter. And it was, I, I was so crazy. Uh, the, the the next the, you know the next the next piece of uh artistical genius coming from the household is uh our really good friend uh Dan Cray the other day said hey here's the next song and he sent me you know the tracks to that probably within the next couple weeks I'll finally get to his house where he has a studio so we did we did one new song last year built the wall fantastic um so he sent me the new track. There's no words to it yet, but it's like a rough guitar track. So it's like, that's the way it works. He said, he'll send it to me. We'll work it out. But uh, in about three months, in about three months, we'll have a, a brand new Dan Cray and Beyond It song. And, and just look in Joe's eye of excitement. It's kind of like the old days, right? Where it took forever to, you know, record uh, songs and whatever you in the studio for a long time. And maybe that's not what's happening, but yeah. Or the Beatles, where they didn't let it be in three weeks, like nah, the right. whole album. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. We, no. I, I remember that song we did twenty years ago. I I remember one line. Let's write a whole song yeah, about yeah. that now. Half hour. But then, like, didn't like Hotel California take like months and months and months or something like that? I think but, that was the one. But then there's great stories where, where honestly, on their way to the studio. Like, you know, their A&R guy or their manager tells the Clash, it's like, yeah, you're one song short on this album. They can't release an album that doesn't have 10 tracks on it. And on the cab ride from the hotel to the studio in New York, they came up with Should I Stay or Should I Go? <laughs> Unarguably, their, their biggest song. Or the same thing, like the band, the band Blur, who was a soft, they're an alternative rock band, but on the softer side. But their one gigantic hit that probably is the most used piece of music the last 30 years is song number two. That they were just warming up. This was just fucking around in the studio, just goofing around, and they record the biggest song. And the singer just made up lyrics as they were going along, and that was it. But yeah, uh, Dan and I are. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's all the pandemic. We used to crank out stuff. Dan would crank out stuff, but pandemic's over, man. You can't use that excuse anymore. It, it, we're getting, so I Biff, I got a question for Joe. Uh Joe, how gay are the Simpsons? The Simpsons are very gay. <clears throat> I think you're referring to the video that was introduced to me that I introduced to you. There's a podcast called Gayest Episode Ever, where it's uh like you know it, it basically it's like two guys who talk about or maybe it's just one guy but they talk about gay themed episodes of sitcoms you know they take like specifically like you know 80s sitcoms or 70s sitcoms you know old school sitcoms and try to find like a gay theme within an episode of the of a particular sitcom so during the pandemic the i guess main host of this podcast decided to go through every 
episode of The Simpsons from seasons one through 31 and literally in chronological order put together a montage of every single gay or LGBTQ reference on The Simpsons. And it's like a two and a half hour compilation. A lot of it is Smithers. Actually, it's titled Smithers and Beyond. <laughs> but it's it's fascinating. A lot of the jokes, you know, the Smithers jokes are funny and still kind of hold up. Some of the trans jokes are kind of, mm, you know, but um, for the most part, a lot of it is funny. And then it's just, it's just interesting to see how gay jokes or jokes about being gay or what they refer to as gay. There's an early joke where... You know, the bullies are, it, they, they rag on Bart B, like, you know, talking, what was it, that he was kissing a girl? And it's like, oh, you, you're kissing a girl, that's so gay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fascinating video, and we had just a, a keen time watching the first at least half hour because... No, it, it's a two and a half hour thing. We got an hour and a half minute. We got about uh, an hour and 15 minutes into it. Flew by. Well, it did. And, and and there's so much. Okay, the 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 people who put it together would would point something out, and and it says what episode it was on, and then it's like, this is a footnote. They make reference to this eight seasons later. There's a callback to the oh, this guy's now out. It's like, yeah, they made an ambiguous reference, and then here it is, like eight or nine seasons later, they're be like, oh, this yeah is where they confirmed it. What what was stunning to Joe and I, every now and then, they will make a sexual, uh, you know, you know, LGBT reference um, about Millhouse or about somebody else. An adult would say something. Yeah. And then you, then you're like, okay, we've been watching this for 20 minutes, and that's about the 16th pedophilia joke. Right. There's a lot of conflation, or there seem to have been a lot of conflation. Like, there's there would be jokes in the Simpsons where adults would fawn over or, or something about like Millhouse or, you know, Bart and a boy band, you know, like the producer of the boy band was like getting giddy, a little too giddy nope. about the rehearsals and the choreography of the boy band that Bart and Millhouse were part of. But then it's also interesting to see like, all right, this is the first time you think uh, that you, you would suspect Millhouse is gay. And this is the first time that that, a suspicion came to light or or Carl like uh, Lenny and Carl the two guys that work with Homer at the plant like here's a here's a moment when they first sort of profess their love for each other in an you know coded way or this character is a, a coded character and gay and here's the two frame reference in the music video right. do the Bartman where a man is dancing with a series of women that morph into other women and all of a sudden the the woman morphs into uh, the gay assistant to Homer, you know, in this one episode for like two seconds. And, and it's like that. So that counts as a gay joke. Um, it's it's fascinating. And and, and it's it, it kind of sheds a new light on stuff that you've watched for 20, 30 years and didn't really like see a certain way. But then you look back at it. Yeah. Well, maybe they are gay or maybe. I, yeah. Maybe maybe Bart is like grows up to be like turn out. Yeah, him and who's who's his roommate? Uh, Ralph. Ralph. Yeah, him and Ralph. It's like you know, they could walk around the house naked. They're roommates with each other, and they just kind of like pal around. And I guess walking around naked in front of your roommate is like, apparently gay. And I didn't know that. 
I mean, you insisted that I disrobe before I enter your house. and It's a pants-optional podcast, baby. <laughs> Actually, you think you charge me to wear pants. In. <laughs> Getting lost in the detail. Yeah, but... The but game... I don't have to tell you guys about homoeroticism. You play hockey. <laughs> I mean, come on. Am I right, listeners of this podcast? Prove I, me wrong. <laughs> Years ago, I remember seeing, seeing a comedian talk about boxing being the gayest sport ever it's like really buff men greased up in silk underwear fighting for a purse (laughs) it's like okay and by the way just to button up the simpsons gayest uh jokes whatever the line that will always get me that that our friend jim and i constantly references dad why did you bring me to a gay steel mill i don't know (laughs) we work hard that is we play hard best episode ever uh, yeah, we're almost trying to scare Bart straight and takes him to a steel mill. That I, I think that steel mill is a steel mill that makes the sparks for every '80s metal video. By right. the way, I think that's where. <laughs> um, so, so we 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 were talking about this a little bit. Uh, I guess COVID's over. That's what I've been uh, telling you guys for years. Yeah, you know, you say it's over, but you know. Nothing's Don't over. Say it. We say this. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Is it over when the Germans yeah. bomb Pearl Harbor? Why do you on a roll? But uh, no, but everybody. So it's funny in New York City that has New York City. Thank you. That oh, has the most God. stringent, or some of the most stringent, like mask and and proof of vaccination um, uh, standards and, and rules have now lifted them all. And it's interesting because the mayor said, you know, the NBA players are upon us. And one of the big players on the nets can't play home games. Because, yeah. Because he's not vaccinated. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, that gives a, an unfair advantage to people who are coming and playing our team. So uh, we've been really ahead of the curve on stringent COVID guidelines and, and doing what we can, but Hey, it's the playoffs, baby. <laughs> um, so that's so that's interesting. And even here, like now, my boys, they wear their masks to school. I think the oldest one keeps his mask on. I don't know if the little one keeps his mask on all day, but it's it's you know when I went to uh, see my son play Phineas Trout in the production of. Uh, Willy Wonka Jr. I don't know if I mentioned that. All right, we get it. You love your kids. <laughs> there was only a few people wearing masks in the crowd, you know, and uh, us being them. And it's funny because the oldest one wasn't feeling good the other day, had a little bit of a temperature. So uh, let's go have we, – we did the home test, negative, but then they're still doing tests in our town to the 31st. So we drove down to, like, the football stadium where one point about three months ago you had to wait three hours to get a test. Now you just – drove right in and the results came back 12 hours later not two days later so um both you know both he and i were negative but yeah how's things in la biff are are the laws being rolled back yeah well yeah definitely easing up i think uh by the end of the month uh they're essentially uh gonna stop requiring the uh proof of vaccination for indoor events i think i want to say so yeah will you be going to king games unmasked anytime soon I mean, I mean, I, I generally wear masks anyway, especially this time of the year. It's kind of funny. It's like, so this is the, and I think I may have posted this uh, on Twitter, but 
when I lived in Japan, I wore masks during like allergy season because that's what you do. And it kind of helps with the pollen and everything else. But of course, I never did it here because I thought, you know, just like, oh, everybody will look, think I'm some kind of a freak wearing this mask all over the place. And, and now, you know, they'll just, you know, think that I'm just one of those extreme whatever types, you know, and I'll happily keep wearing those masks to essentially minimize the allergy impact. Thank you very much. Yeah. I just wear my mask because of Hunter Biden's uh, laptop. Anyways, good Lord, in dig it. Yeah, good Lord. Hey, so uh, I don't, I don't read much or follow the news, but so and, and anything going on with the Supreme Court of the United States the last few days? Uh, yeah. Somebody called in sick, right? Somebody called in sick. <laughs> I think uh, somebody called in sick. And while in the hospital, the hospital, uh, you know, I, I wonder how his Twitter feed was looking. When, I uh, know, right? Oh my God, with his wife, and uh, so we should probably yeah. clarify for posterity what the fuck we're talking about. Ginny Thomas, the wife yep. of Clarence Thomas, apparently uh, texted with was it Mark Meadows? Mark Meadows. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, during the Trump uh, during the the January sixth. Um, or pre-January sixth yeah. about busing people up to you know. Well, it, it it was well reported that for January sixth she bust she she paid for like three yeah. groups of people to be bussed up. She personally paid, which was nice, which was very you know community service, generous, back, you know. But also exchange a series of text, you know, not just one or two, and not just on that date about. Ways to possibly overturn the election. Ah. You know, so. But that wasn't Clarence Thomas. It was not. That was Ginny Thomas. And, you know, how often do you read your wife's texts? Um, Legally. How often does my wife read my texts? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So, like, they, you know, they have, they probably sleep in separate beds. They probably don't talk about. You know, they don't mix business with pleasure. They leave their they leave work at at work. You know, which is interesting because uh, also this week in Indianapolis, the senator from Indianapolis also brought up: should interracial marriage really be legal uh, this week? Which is fun. Well, it's it's basically it should be left up to the states. Left right? up they to should, the states. They so, should have never passed something like this that would you know keep the you know, uh, you know, usurp the sovereignty of the states to make that decision on their own. So. I, I wonder how Clarence Thomas feels about that, depending on if he's arguing with his wife that day about texting with Mark Meadows, whether he wants to. Well, it's not like he he was the sole vote against. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, everybody. The yeah, documents I mean, yeah. for the January 6th investigation. Yeah. Uh, right. No, no, yeah, nothing no, like no. that at all. Yeah, yeah, it's not like yeah. he was the only guy. <sighs> so speaking about uh racist bullshit uh w- there's another wait, wait that that's could be <laughs> that's everywhere have you watched <laughs> any of the hearings this week which is just i mean it's just how can you watch uh, you know what? yeah i just I, I i saw a little bit and i said you know what i can't do this like i just can't do this <laughs> you know how I, you can know, you watch a hearing it is it's just, just so awful it's like but, I, but biff i don't know if she likes beer or not i have no idea if the if Biden's pick to be the first black woman on the Supreme Court likes beer or not, and and until somebody gets to the bottom of that, I don't know if she's sexually assault. And it, it was just so great when the 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 theater or the Lindsey Graham's and stuff trying to bring up, what do you think about Brett Kavanaugh? Wasn't he treated unfairly? It's like, 
uh, maybe maybe as unfair as uh, you know the women he groped in like high school, you know him and Squeak <laughs> while drinking beer and anyways. Let's not forget the other thing that he did. Maybe allegedly, not just groping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, to even compare, you know, it's like to to make this woman sit there and just have to. And, and they also brought up, you know, how unfair Clarence Thomas was treated during his confirmation hearing back in like what was that like eighty nine ninety 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 one. Yeah, yeah around there. Remember when you could just walk up to a woman and ask her if that was a pube on her coke can and nobody made a big deal about it. Then all of a sudden one day it became a big deal. Yep. Two, three, four. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, so it's it's just it's just you know the and same that's old... wokeness for you, I tell you. Exactly. Exactly. Um uh, I'm gonna go watch a listening now. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 trying to drive that joke home. No, no, it's wor- it, we're workshopping yeah. it. Workshopping in real <laughs> just time. Just Just throw it it's out. A, it's there, a good man. thing that you know. I, I will say it's a good thing that they all treated Anita Hill so well in that hearing. Not like the way they treated Clarence Thomas. Obviously, they raped Clarence, Th- Clarence Thomas over on that hearing. But boy, boy, did they treat Anita Hill really nice in that hearing. So Dude, yeah. just, just, and you know, and, and it's always like. Like the comment about interracial marriage, you're like, wait a minute, that was 1967, and we're we're bringing that up now. You you know the Clarence Thomas thing was 1991, and you're we're still victim shaming. Well, okay, you know you you know you say that, but I hear people bringing up the Bible all the time. And how old is that fucking book? So, uh, a friend of mine, a friend of a friend of ours. Um, a friend of uh, F&H, a legendary Paul Woody Woodland stopped by today. And it's funny that you, you bring that up. We, we were talking about all the bullshit going on and are, are we as a species getting dumber? And he referenced in 1915, the governor of Texas passed away. And back then, the way it worked is, oh, he died. Well, I guess his wife is going to serve out his term. And there was a problem with Mexican kids coming over the border and going to schools and whether they should be taught in English or Spanish, to which this woman said, well, the Bible's in English. And if English is good enough for Jesus and I didn't believe it, I'm like, no, no. So I went to uh, my girlfriend, Google. I asked her and lo and behold, yeah, that's a true story. And so. It's not that we're getting dumber. It's just I think social media is letting people. I think the dumb people are just getting louder. Yeah. Well, well, with, with all the platforms that they now have to really, really get out there and let people know. Every idiot's got a podcast now. Guilty. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> so. Yeah, but you know, people don't listen to us, so we don't count. Not true. Yeah, my vote doesn't count. My if podcast, this podcast count. fell in the forest. <laughs> Would it make a sound other than me? The for, if the podcast dropped in the forest. Oh, see? Oh. see? Dropped in the see? forest. If a tree fell on this podcast. <laughs> Joe be very happy. Oh, yes. Um, I'm coming, Elizabeth. So anything uh, anything happening over in, uh, in Europe these days, Biff? You, you, following the, you following the Eastern European news? Uh, I, I think the KHL's uh, playoffs started, right? That's. That's important stuff, right? The KHL, uh, you know, yeah. uh, KHL, 
Oh, no, nobody, knows, nobody knows what I'm talking about. God damn it. Forget it. Keep going. No. No, here's a shovel. Keep going, man. Dig up, stupid. <laughs> it's going to be better than anything that's going to come out of our pie holes. You know, you know what we, we haven't talked about, and it was on the list two weeks ago, and because uh, we're dumb and racist, uh, we haven't, and, and, you know, and, and sadly, uh, Brittany Gaynor is still in jail Brit- in Russia. Right, Brittany Griner. So, and it was for, you know, and she plays, uh, well, she played in the Russian, uh, you know, uh, basketball league. And I guess they found uh, traces of, they say they found traces of uh, of uh, cannabis or whatever in her in her vape pen or something like that. The, I think the, well, there's so many scary parts to it. Uh, I don't know that they know exactly where she is. So that, that part is kind of scary, right? Uh, and then, I don't know if you remember what, when we had the uh, Olympics in Sochi about how like, there are literally Russian laws against being gay, and uh, and and uh, she and Brittany Griner is openly gay, and you know she's also openly black, and so all of that combination maybe doesn't sit so well, you know, under that regime. So there's a lot of yeah. yeah. W- w- wasn't she picked up the day after the sanctions were imposed? Right, right. I mean, the essentially, it. yeah, it's just a timing of it. It's just so, and it's one of those deals where obviously in hindsight, maybe that's a plane trip, you know, she was better off not taking. Obviously, you know, we don't want, want to tell her, yeah, don't, you know, pursue your livelihood, but still, ugh, right? So, but I yeah, mean, awful. I mean, about 50% of the WNBA players, the day their season's over, go over and play there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the salary cap. I think it's like a hundred and twenty thousand max is a salary cap for WNBA players, and I think Brittany Gaynor gets a million dollars for playing, and that's the norm. Yeah. Like she right. she's the exception. She's the best player in the world, but all the players, not all the players, but half the players in the WNBA go over there. A lot go to China. A lot go to I think it's I think it's Italy. But yeah. You know, and I forget who's the guy, and I can't believe I'm blanking on this. The guy who fled to Russia, um, uh, Snowden. Snowden, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how his life is these days. I'm serious. I haven't heard anything about this. Give it a wiki. I definitely can. So, so, yeah. <laughs> it, it would be. There's a kind of this funny. I don't know if it's funny. I don't know if it's ironic. Whatever the whatever the term is. But now that you know, maybe he's essentially suffering the consequences of the, you know, the economic sanctions because he's in Russia. Right. right. So, yeah. you know, the saddest stories that I've been hearing for the last week, the last couple of weeks is, is young Ukrainians in their twenties and their thirties fleeing the country or not being able to flee the country or their wives and children are fleeing the country they're there fighting the Russians and they talk to their parents in Russia who are telling them, oh, no, no, this is the neo-Nazis bombing you saying it's Putin. Oh, no, no, no. This is the Americans bombing you saying it's Putin. And these people are like, mom, you know, your children are, are on a train to Poland. Hopefully that train doesn't get like bombed while it's going. And I'm here fighting Russian troops, uh, you know, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure, you know, this is an Antifa coming on over here, uh, putting on a little bit of a show, but you keep hearing these horror stories about 
you know, what we've been dealing with the United States, you know, with certain members of our families or, you know, how tough Thanksgiving has been the last four or five years. But a thousand times worse because your city is being leveled and your parents are yeah. telling you it's not happening. The one place yeah, you I, I want Fox even... News to air is in Russia. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Like... Oh. I definitely heard similar stuff where it's essentially, you know, teammates where like one dude is Ukrainian and their teammates or former teammates from Russia are essentially give, feeding them. Is that's is that same conversation is, is going over there. It's just, I don't think you understand, you know. I am being bombed. My family is being bombed. I have lost friends. And then, and they come back with that exact same, you know, those, all those, you know, taglines. It's just, it's just amazing. The invasion's a hoax. I mean, yeah. what Co happens? What was that? The, the invasion's a hoax. I mean, right, basically, right. It's, it's a COVID's a hoax. And, but, you know, we, in, we, yeah. we just lived two years of one hoax and now another show. You it's know? just, but it, it is. It's, it's one of those things when, when, when the camps were liberated and people in Germany were saying, oh, we didn't know this was going on. It's like, yeah, you, you, you would hear stories of GIs like who were in Germany like two months after the liberation of camps and like, yeah, it's kind of hard to get the smell of burnt flesh out of like your clothes. They knew what was going on. I mean, and, 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 and Germany has spent the last 90 years apologizing. They they don't run from it. They don't hide from it. It's in their history books. You know, it's in their laws. It's in their laws. Thank you. And, and, and it's really hard for, for us to ever accept that they said they didn't really know and that they brought the property. I mean, in a year from now or six months from now, you know, I mean, is Russia ever going to be at the point where the average Russian citizen realizes, holy fuck, we, we were monsters. We followed this guy willingly praising him on as he was bombing maternity wards. I don't know. I don't think so. No. They never have that moment of, oh, fuck. Oh, um, I mean, dude, you're talking about deprogramming a nation. I mean, we look at the fucking nation we live in. We're trying to deprogram half of those assholes. You know, they want that. We had the shittiest president of the United States for four years who basically uh, willingly or not killed many people with his actions or inactions. And there are assholes who want him back. You know, I, it's funny. Again, talking to Woody today, Woody was in Arizona where he goes to take care of his dad on a regular basis. And he was listening to a 70-some-year-old mother talk to her 50-year-old something son about, you know, how, how Biden stole the election and what an idiot he is. And Woody's like, well, if he's an idiot, how did he pull off stealing an election? It seems like it would take a really, really smart person to steal the election so is he you know it's like the lazy mexicans taking our jobs <laughs> yeah. what? Wait, wait okay i'm in, i'm in with you they're lazy how is it they're taking your jobs how I, lazy I, I, are you I, yeah i think i think the problem with they're with what they're saying is is that they have very bad script writers because <laughs> because if they had a better script writer they would have said that hillary stole the election for biden right and then that would make more sense. And then, but still, Biden's an idiot, right? You still have then, then, then it makes sense to lock her up. Lock uh, her it all, up. lock her it all up. Comes together. Lock her up. And Biff, I did you see? At, by the way, did you see um, uh, uh, Hillary's reaction to uh, the the Russians uh, banning her or whatever from, you know, her no. uh, like? Well, she, so what, I think what happened? 
I think basically she was she was somehow like summarily essentially forever is persona non grata from Russia or something like that. And I think her response, I think on Twitter was saying, no, you know, you know, thank you for my lifetime achievement award. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she is the best. Uh, I looked at the uh, crime wave clip in uh, in Japan. Yeah, could not make hide or hair what was going on. <laughs> of course on. not. Of course not. And so. Was it in so Japanese? It, it's, it's turning it's, Japanese. I really think so. Don't do that. Okay. Stop. You it. know what? So I, I picked that one out, even though the actual crime was actually a real crime. Where uh, the current? Did you see the um, the the person wrapped up in what looked like a carpet in the balcony of an apartment? A, a, the, the reenactment where the three guys the, show right, up right, and the feet yeah. and the head are sticking out of the carpet. Right, right, right. That was the body of a woman. Who was the who was the mother of the woman who was arrested? You know, in the in the story, uh, the woman was arrested for, um, I, you know, whatever. I can't remember what I don't know what the U.S. law is called, but you know, whatever. When you just improper, you know, handling of a corpse kind of a you know thing. But basically, that's I think that's the starter charge, and she's basically being questioned for murder, you know, killing her mom. I think. But the great part about it is that she was actually already detained for um for uh for fraud and her fraud was that she was actually extradited back from uh london what she did was the, the part that you probably didn't understand but you had the funny graphics that they had where you see a lady kind of go up to uh to like what looked like a you know an officer or something, something like that yep. and then they let her through okay that was the reenactment of her going through the uh uh uh, the airport uh, security, you know, the their version of TSA. This is the amazing part. She was actually a, on a trip to London using her mom's passport. Wow. Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm getting like lost a, she, so wait, a Japanese was... dude mm -hmm. could not figure out that this woman was using her mom's passport. Japanese so women I forgive all of you. Ah. Okay. All of you are forgiving for not being able to tell us apart. We can't even do it ourselves. That's um, that's hilarious and awful. They kept showing this picture of her like next to some like furry costume, like right, I, right, right. Yeah, it was just one of her hobbies, you know, kind of things, right? So yeah, and, and the animation was great. And like I said last, and she's time, supposed to be an illustrator of some sort. So yeah, like yeah. I said last time on the uh, the last episode of the IT crowd. Uh, two of the main characters were, were did something in public that got picked up on tape, and it became this worldwide sensation. And the Japanese re news reenactments with the different animations that we love so much—I swear it was part of the show. And when I saw it, it's like the last episode of the IT crowd, like season five, episode one. There was only one episode, and when I saw that, I'm like, okay, so it's not just Biff and I who absolutely love, you know, seeing these things. And then, and that's when Joe like pointed out it was it was the Conan clip that you found and that you sent. Well, the Taiwanese us. one is that one is even better because that one is. That and that one is more like, I think the Japanese things are a little bit more laid back and kind of more, you know, kind of they're more NPR-ish, if you will, you know, versus the the you know the Taiwanese ones are like a little bit, a little bit more hyper, a little bit maybe even angrier, and yeah, a lot more entertaining is what I call more, it. Yeah, Joe, absolutely. 
now that you're here, what do you, what, what do you got for a game review? And the last couple of weeks since we've seen each other, uh, have you bought a game? Have you bought a new system? Have you? Have I bought anything really? Um, let me see. What have I bought? Bought's not a word. Not listening, so it's a, <laughs> this is a safe space to say what you've spent money on. Uh, I uh, have not uh, bought any games uh, lately. Uh, I'm trying to save money because we're trying to, you know move to another place because we are on a deadline to move out of our current place. And, uh, man, is it expensive to buy, um, you know, what do you call those things that you live in? That, you know, I don't know. It'll, it'll, a van down a van? by the river? A van? <laughs> down oh, by the a... river. Yeah, no, I haven't I, I haven't been playing. Uh, uh, tent? Yeah, right. I, 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 I've been playing kind of like, you know, some the older handheld games. Um, I, I'm still using the Xbox Series X. Well, you know, here and there, but um, nothing worth reporting to a bunch of fifty-plus gentlemen that would um, don't play video games anymore. Well, I will so say, I will say this: last week we had a we had a yard sale, and uh, there was a bunch of stuff that uh, you know we tried to get rid of. I could not say no, say goodbye to my Bomberman Wii, oh, even nice. though we don't have a Wii anymore. You do have a Wii U. <laughs> Yeah. No, you don't have that. No, nobody has a Wii U except me. Yeah, I have two. Thanks to you, John. Do, do, yeah, <laughs> no one has two Wii's. <laughs> right, um, dude, you could have got three bucks for that at the yard sale. I don't know how much. Although, I, speaking of selling video games, I I do have to sell. Like, I might have to start chipping away at my Luzium because some of those items apparently are worth a couple of hundy if I really? if I play. I, my I cards sold. Right. I sold like three PS2 games about six or seven years ago, and I think the one that was the big one is the Godzilla game. Mm. I sold three games for about one hundred and twenty dollars. Wow! Yeah. 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 Do you have that one? Because <laughs> I have a. Because I, I think because I, I think the Godzilla was a high price one, and it was a fun game. I used to play with James all the time, but you know, it's a PS2 game, and you know, whatever. There are, so. there are a lot of the PS2 has like a vast library, and they had they were that was made during it. Like the PS2 was like a time of like real inventiveness and like kind of like ballsiness as far as like developers development of games go because it wasn't just sort of like this now we have these big triple a games and there's a lot of indie games and stuff but like you know they would make licensed games on like the they made a playstation 2 games on on the warriors movie wow. you know like the godfather game uh you know uh scarface and like a lot of other i remember i remember the scarface game yeah yeah i mean there's a real fun game called katamari damacy which is like very Japanese. It's a Konami game, but it's like you, 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 your your whole purpose is to like roll up this ball, and it the ball sticks to like things in a room, and then you the ball gets bigger, and then eventually like it sticks to bigger things, and you know you're on a time limit. But the the more things that you can make stick to this ball the bigger the items you can get to stick to the ball because the ball grows <laughs> and eventually like if you get really good like you can like put buildings and stuff oh, like you know, and it's just like the this it's a wheel of wacky game but like those types of games were made during the playstation 2 era and those are you know like if you can find them like they're not a lot of them aren't available on modern platforms now so like old re retro gamers look for those types of you know 
just those weird niche type games and they'll pay you know decent money for them like I, but yeah. i do have a, an indiana jones game of all things that's worth like 200 bucks for the nintendo entertainment system wow because wow. they made they made two indiana jones in the last crusade games like two different companies made two different games for the nintendo entertainment system i don't know they had some weird licensing agreement whatever so they came out i i have the i guess the less common one and it's like in nice condition, and and I'm like it's two hundred dollars, and I'm like it's on my shelf, and it works. I never play it. I just have to actually, you know, bring myself to part with it. <sighs> you know, a fool and his money are soon parted, but a fool and his video games no. to make money—that never <laughs> yeah, happens. Uh, uh, oh, what a tough thing! So Tuesday, Biff's Biff's an early riser. He lives in L.A. Company works for us, East Coast based. You know, some of his counterparts are all over the globe. But I'm guessing you got up extra early on Tuesday, Biff, stayed up wicked late and followed every NHL trade at the trade deadline. And I'm going to ask you who won, who lost the NHL trade deadline. Well, so I would say I would call it if I call it the trade period, uh, I really like Calgary uh, because they um, uh, they got Tyler Toffoli early. I think they filled a lot of needs, and I think they're pretty well set. Um, I think Colorado did okay. Uh, and I think Pittsburgh kind of came in right at the end to grab a guy named Ricard Raquel from the Ducks, and I think I really like that move a lot. So um, I think those guys did well, and I think the Ducks were a big winner in that, hey, we're up for sale. We're unloading, you know, sell, sell, sell. And they did a great job of getting rid of expiring contracts that they're not going to need. They're not on the playoff run. And, you know, and it's a guy, Pat Burbeek, uh, you know, ball of hate, who took over the club because the old GM basically got fired for uh, harboring a toxic workplace. Mm. Imagine that in, you know, with hockey players. Oh. Anyway, mm. so so I think those were the big winners. I think the big loser, big loser easily is Las Vegas. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, my God. So. And, you know, and Joe, feel free to kind of walk away, go, you know, go to the bathroom, whatever, for the next two minutes. I'm watching Looney Tunes in my head. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Vegas Knights have a serious salary cap problem, and the NHL has a hard cap. And so they did a move where they dumped uh, one of their players to Anaheim in exchange, you know, so whatever, the in exchange for blah, blah, blah. And then um, then the agent calls Vegas and says, hey, um, that's news to us because um, uh, Anaheim's on my client's uh, no trade list. And Vegas goes, what no trade list? And it turns out that we don't know who's at fault because NHL's, I, I, I don't know if you've heard this, they're not really open or transparent about a lot of things that happened. But uh, the player that they dumped, the, the uh, Vegas acquired from Ottawa. And the player had filed the no trade clause with Ottawa. But either Ottawa never told Vegas that there was no, uh, there was a no trade clause, or that um, uh, Vegas didn't read the uh, contract very well, or maybe Vegas didn't go to cap friendly where you could see the player has a no trade clause. Whatever the whatever the reason, Vegas didn't know, and um, and so after like two days of deliberations, uh, NHL avoided that uh, that trade. And so, wow, awkward, right? Oh yeah, we traded you to a you know a team on your no trade list, and now yeah, welcome back. Oh, 
Seriously, it's just it's just the worst. Just the worst. Uh, the the Bruins picked up a, a you know a true Bruins Bruins first line nice defenseman. moves. Oh no, nice. I think the Bruins moves are really nice. I mean, it's one of those deals where you know, like many teams, right? They're kind of they can only you can only do so much. But I I really like the Bruins move. I mean, Hampus Lindholm, I think it's a solid solid pickup. I like the trade, but I was kind of shocked that. It's like they turn around and immediately give him an eight-year extension for six point five million. I'm thinking, you're gonna pay him six point five million when he's age thirty-five. I mean, really? But for the season, I thought it was great. They're in a win now mode. I don't know why they need him for eight years because they don't. No, but, yeah. no. I mean, because they are they are in the win now. It might be Bergeron's last year, maybe second to last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, his contract ends after this year. I think that he'll do two more. I think they'll do a two-year extension. You know, and I think it'll be a team-friendly. I know think. they, they, you know, they they played uh, Tampa at home. They're like 13, 13 two and one in their last sixteen games. Uh, both both Toronto and the Bruins have uh, leapfrogged uh, Tampa for now. You know, I mean, and and, and where the you know, Bruins are pointing. Here, here's it. So. Here's the deal with Boston. I the best case scenario for Boston is that Tampa flails because then they get Toronto in the first round, and that's who they want, right? They want Toronto in the first round. If if Toronto flails, then suddenly that might become the worst case scenario because you know essentially um, they have to go through the the two mo- the other two monsters to get to the you know to the finals and yeah. the Toronto might be on the other side also by that point. So, so, so it was, you know, lots, lots of sports trade deadlines come and go and there's not much, but there was a lot of movement this week in the NHL. Uh, there is also big NHL news that maybe you guys oh on the East, on the West coast may not have heard of uh, Brad Marchand is going to come out with his own cereal. Yep. It's called, wait, 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 to be fair. Hey, where did you hear that from Jock? The internet, thanks to Biff. Oh, is that what happened? I, I, I didn't. Oh, I, honestly, was I it you were Biff because I thought you. No, no, it could have been Biff. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh no, I, I heard it on the local news. And I think, I think. Uh, so I, I excuse Joe from a lot of my texts that involve hockey. Okay. Okay. Uh, so no, Joe was not I, on that thread. I, oh, okay. And I, I also, Joe was not on that thread. I also mute a lot of the time. Uh, so, in, in <laughs> as you should. In 2011, That's... when when the Bruins won the cup. Brett Marchant famously filled it with Cinnamon Toast Crunch because that's his favorite cereal. So they made a Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you know, cereal for him. Um, unfortunately, it's only going to be available at Stop and Shops, I think. Shaw's. Oh, Shaw's? Do, do, do I know where there's a Shaw's? Shaw's, Star Market, and Market Basket. Oh, we're in Market Basket. Oh. As well as online. Oh, great, great, great. You know, online's fine, but to go in the store, go down the cereal aisle. What are you, 12? Yes. Is today the day? Just <laughs> come put these back and get the Bark and Cocoa Puffs. You know, the Puff Flakes. Right. Reese's Puffs? You got to take, take a sweet roll, man? It's today the day? Oh, I love just quoting stuff out of context. No, Anyways, it's in context. But you know what? The, you, but the, the, the kicker is the slogan or the the little the, the catchphrase of the cereal, which is "It's face looking good." <laughs> oh, yeah, that's oh, one of my Lord. favorite moments when in a face-off about like three years ago, <laughs> he's lining up on the wing and just licks his opponent's face. Oh. Just the best. So I do right here in the office. I have. Is it right oh. here? Is it right behind me? Hold yeah. on, folks. 
Yeah, right. We have pasta. Uh, pasta, for, pasta. Yeah, the pasta, pasta. Yeah. So, 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 so I will get a. Uh, I'll get three boxes. Yeah, uh, one to crack eat. It open. One to show and one. Just in case, yeah. you know. <laughs> uh, so we got to get to some TV stuff. So Joe has made some great recommendations as of late. Um, did you give me the heads up on Winning Time? Okay. I'm, I'm not going to talk. You talk about Winning Time. I I don't mean I'm not the person to talk about Winning Time because it's a show about the L.A. Lakers um, from 1979 onward, the Jerry Buss era. But, um, yeah, it's on HBO and HBO Max. I think they're up to the third episode. By the time this, by the time you guys hear it, it'll be the fourth episode. And uh, it's uh, really fun. It's uh, produced and directed. Oh, the, the first episode was directed, but the entire series is produced by Adam McKay. And this is the series that uh, killed the relationship between Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Uh, Biff, I'm not sure if you're aware of the whole drama behind this, but Will Ferrell and Adam McKay, then they got their rights to produce the adaptation of the book Showtime about the L.A. Lakers dynasty. And um, Will Ferrell had his heart set on playing Jerry Buss. And um, it looks like him. It kind of looks like him. Yeah, you know, but. Um, they also are. They've also done work with another fine actor, maybe arguably a better actor, and his name is John C. Riley. And John C. Riley was kind of cast uh, by Adam McKay without Will Ferrell knowing. And I think Adam McKay thought, well, Will will understand. You know, he's a pretty magnanimous guy. He doesn't hold grudges. He's pretty low key. Turns out, no, he really wanted to play Jerry Buss. This was like, he probably saw this as like his golden moment, like his sort of like breakout role uh, to do something a lot more dramatic. You know, he's done drama in the past, but this is something that he could have total control over. It mixes comedy and drama. It's like the perfect fit for something like that. And it's a a long form series. I mean, you saw some. So, of the, so you're, what you're saying is that there's not going to be a Step Brothers too, is what you're saying. There, uh, unless they recast Will <laughs> Ferrell. But um, yeah, so the, the and Adam McKay apparently thought, well, he'll get over it. Uh, turns out um, that uh, day has not yet arrived. It's it's. I will tell you. Oof. Oof. I, I heard about it on sports radio. A couple other people have mentioned it. But, you know, Joe, Joe knows my sensibilities almost better than anybody. So when he's like, look, you got to watch this. And the first two episodes were on. And then I sat there and I watched it. Then I got a little mad at Joe because I'm like, damn it, I thought the whole series. And now I'm sucked into waiting week by week. I love the week by week. Uh, yeah, it, it, in a way, it is good. But uh, one, of the fun, one of the fun things on the show is, you know, 1979 – the, the shooting guard for the Los Angeles Lakers is a guy named Norm Nixon. His son is playing him, which is just super cool. Right. Yeah. I mean, it also remi- it kind of reminds you of when like uh, Ice-T- Ice Cube's son so, played him in, yeah. uh, straight yep, out of yep. Compton. Um, yeah, he's good. Um, yeah. There's a lot of it. It's so it so takes license with the actual story that they put a disclaimer at the beginning or the end. That says like, this is based on a true story, but there are a lot of changes basically made to make it cooler or you know uh, more fun. You know, they 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 basically telling you, look, this is 
not a historical document. This is not the Constitution or whatever. This is not, you know, the Bible, if you, as it were. But, but, but the fun thing is going to the uh, interwebs and, and seeing. And a lot of it was real. You know, the, the, the shenanigans that Jack Can Cook was playing. Uh, Jack Can Cook, uh, as we talked about a number of times in this podcast, uh, our friend John Taylor and him had a great correspondence through the course of Jack Hand Cook, you know, getting the expansion team, uh, the L.A. Kings. And and John still has the telegrams back and forth. So John John has very favorable feelings about Jack Hand Cook and rightfully so. Right. But a cook is a, a cook is not portrayed as a nice guy. He's really not. He's, He's he, they, they, they go the whole stereotype of the racist owner. Uh, with this, where in, 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 in was that why he had no black players on the Kings in 1966? <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, but it's all it's funny because I guess Cook had he was more instrumental. He was he and Bus were like co-instrumental in getting um, Irving Magic Johnson to the uh, the Lakers. You know, it wasn't this sort of like you know one stroke of genius by on behalf of Jerry Bus that Cook you know begrudgingly accepted yeah um yeah he's there's a lot of like okay i know this isn't how it went down but it's it sure is fun to watch it go down this way i've always what's interesting is a portrayal of jerry west because i've always said this it's like an amazing career just an absolute fucking amazing career but that poor son of a bitch lost six game seven to the Lakers. It's not like he kept losing uh, to the Celtics. It's not like Jerry West got to the NBA finals and got blown out by the Celtics. You know, I, I don't know if all six of them went seven games, but I know at least, you know, three or four, maybe four or five of those series that the Minneapolis Lakers and the Los Angeles Lakers lost to the Celtics, went six games, and they keep going back like the last time he lost to the Celtics and a game seven. He was a playoff MVP. So it's like winning the con Smythe in a game seven that you lost. And he is so the the bitterness is just losing. I mean the and the, the style of the show is very unique in the way that it's 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 shot on like a grainy film, but then there are moments when in in the middle of a scene they'll just switch a camera angle and it'll look like uh like a video transfer from the seventies. So, you know, then they go to like, you know, like, uh, you know, super eight film or something like that is like almost like flashback, uh, devices. So it is really interesting and fun. And there's a lot of, and there's a lot of talking to the camera, a lot of talking, a lot of talking to the camera, literally like the characters will break out of a scene, like almost like Doogie Howser did or Zach Morris on saved by the bell. will just like, which you guys are all familiar with right, saved yeah, by the of bell, course, of course, but they would like, look at the camera and just sort of like address the audience. Like, can you believe this shit? And then like, go back to the scene or, or for John, like, like in Ferris Bueller, John, when, when, when yes, Ferris would look yes, at the camera, Ferris John Bueller never took a lesson. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, it's also fun just to see like who plays whom, you know, like, um, Red Auerbach, played by Michael right. Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis, Boston guy, proud pr- not a, not just a Boston guy, graduate of Andover High School, as was Jay Leno. Ah, well. as was Jacques Lepere. Yeah, did you see that? Did you read this in the news? Michael <laughs> Chiklis. <laughs> but then, uh, have you seen episode three, Jacques? I saw episode three. Oh man, uh, I, I'm I'm 
I'm I can't wait for Monday morning. Drop the little dream squashes off at school. Hit the gym. Come home and watch episode four. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, okay. Let's just. I mean, it's out there or whatever. Adrian Brody mm-hmm. plays Pat, Pat Riley. Riley and plays him great. Oh, great. Yeah, a little over the top, but in keeping with the theme of the show. I mean, all of this is like cartoonish. You know, all of the like, you know, Jerry Buss is like. This sort of like carousing, boozing, you know, like Playboy kind of guy, literally going to the Playboy Mansion. Um, yeah, which, no. Now, is Adrian Brody tall? Because like he's, you know, because Riley's a tall dude, right? But um, he he's about as no, he's shorter than Jerry West in this show, right? So yeah, they make him look pretty tall the way they shoot it. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, it's just play. And the guy who plays um, uh, Magic Johnson is really good. Like, very really convic- good. Right. And his great mo- smile. His mom. Oh, the mom. The mom is so. So, so cool. the mom is your typical, well, not typical mom, but the mom is not letting him get a big head, is not wowed by the gifts that he's showering her, is not going to have her. You know, her, she wants him to stay in school and get his education. And I don't want you to buy me these fancy things. And then turns around and is bragging to everybody in town. And then he bought me this. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and the dad's really good. That's um, really great. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that. Uh, it, you know, they show like when they when uh, Johnson takes the photo of him at the getting drafted and holding the uh, his jersey up. It's just him and Jerry Buss, but in reality, it was like his parents were there and Cook was there, you know, so it wasn't just like, again, you know, it's it's TV. I get it. It's fun. But at, at the same time, it's. Uh, and at one point I'm watching this and I'm like, am, am I? Am I a Lakers fan? Yeah, like, right. Because it's like, because you can tell, like, obviously Adam McKay must be a humongous Lakers fan, right? I'm guessing. He, he was a big Celtics fan growing up and a big Philadelphia 76er fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know McKay it was McKay. Uh, but he also, I mean, he loved basketball. He breathed basketball. Okay. All right. You know? So, yeah. And then he moves out to LA at the right time right. and stuff like that. Yeah. So. yeah. And it's just, and just the, the crazy goings on around these uh, early years of, we haven't even gotten to, I think the first season is probably what, just like everything leading up to. Game, you know, the opening day for uh, the history of it is true. The NBA was dying in 1979, and just like the WHL did for the NHL, they took a lot of good, they took a lot of great players. I mean, Julius Irving, his first five years as a professional basketball player, were in the were in the ABA. And it's really funny because just like with the NHL or, or, or the USFL, oh. Look at this joke league. Oh, look at these stupid rules. Oh, what a gimmick, the three-point shot. ABA gets folded into the NBA. Hey, you know that three-point shot was, (laughs) which, by the way, Chris Ford hit the first three-pointer in the NBA history on Larry Bird's rookie game. So it's the Celtics. Anyways, uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where the league is dying. And to have Larry Bird in Boston... And magic. It was an East West Coast thing. Like they were ahead of the curve on the East West Coast. They were Biggie and Tupac. They really were. Yeah. And 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 it's like those two franchises truly saved the NBA and 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 made the sport. I mean, not not shortly before that. They used to show the NBA finals on tape delay. Right. Wow. Yeah, no, it wasn't, you know, it It was a pre-recorded event. 77 and 78 back-to-back champion. 
Portland Trailblazers. Oh, you're right. Who the fuck cares about the Portland Trail? Like, how many people knew where Portland was? I mean, how many people who casually watch sports didn't know that it wasn't Portland, Maine? You right. Know? Yeah. You know, and so to have, and it's true, you know, the hard work and like, you know, working class Boston Celtics first, the glitz and glamour of Hollywood, but that's exactly what it was. I mean, you know, the hick from French Lick and the Boston Celtics were the absolute work pale, you know, roll up the sleeves, down and dirty, get in the trenches. It was, but it was also very white versus black. It, it be, you know, which is an unfair thing because it's like, you know, yeah, I mean, the Celtics. I mean, Bill Bill Russell carried them to many championships. The, the Celtics, but, uh, first team with a black player, yeah. first team with a starting five, you know, all five black players, first black coach, first black general manager, first black president. That said, the city of Boston. <laughs> so, but it's true when you think about that. Like, you know, I mean, the racism there is what, magnifique. You, you, you did. You had, you know, you had Danny Ainge. You know, the the pride of BYU. You had like, you know, um, Kevin um, McHale. Fred Mun- no, oh, oh, oh. right, right. I see. I always get Fred Munster <laughs> and Kevin. Sorry. Have you ever seen the two of them in the same? You room? mean Herman Munster? Herman Munster, right? Have you ever seen? So Herman do, you, Munster? do you remember the Danny Ainge thing where? I can't remember who drafted him, but he didn't want to go there. And so he also had a baseball Yeah, he, he, he played pro baseball yeah. for two years. He was years. a Blue Jay for a while. Two yeah. years. He, he, it's like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to. And that's that's the fun thing about, like, Magic being drafted. You know, um, he wanted, you know, more money. And Jerry Buss, who was not Jerry Buss, Jack Hancock, Cook, who was basically, boy, this is a lot of money we're giving you. And his father and him just looked at him like. Right. What what did you just say? <laughs> and, and didn't Julius Irving being calm and cool? It's like, oh no, that's okay. I'll just Ir- go back to Irving. Irving yeah, Irving, Irving Magic Johnson says, I'll just go back to school and see who drafts me next year. You know? yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so Danny Ainge pulled that. But but yeah, it was, so by the time this drops, episode four will be out. Uh, Joe has not steered me wrong. Uh, Afterlife, uh, Derek. Um, Bitcoin. No. <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, uh, oh, oh, what's the, the 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 Bitcoin thing? Uh, the the crypto thing that's like, um, uh, shit. Something favors the brave. Uh, uh, never. Yeah, mind. yeah. No history favors His- the brave. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what are you watching, Biff? Um, you know, I started watching uh, Shang Chi and didn't finish it because I had to go pee. Racist what- fuck. Well, you know what? So this is hilarious. Oh, this like is so Chinese, sad. huh? I see. Oh, so okay. I got to a point where you know, no, there's some d- destruction of a gate going on. That's how far I got. Okay. But so the, I, I was watching Shang Chi because I actually on Wednesday I was giving blood. I was giving platelets, so you know it's a long process. So you kind of get yourself settled down and watch a movie. And uh, and uh, I had to go. Pe- I I I blame the fact that they were taking plasma. Because they normally didn't take plasma, but I think now they do take plasma as, you know, for convalescent plasma, for the COVID treatments, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. And so because of that, I think they pumped in more fluid into me than they normally would. Because usually I have a process of shutting down all intake of fluids like two hours before my procedure. And that usually takes care of it. But no, I think it'll be. Oh. Well, do you recommend? I recommend the first half of Shang-Chi wholeheartedly. <laughs> Wait, your name is Not Shang that. and you changed your name to Sean. <laughs> Sean, yeah. Gee, I wonder how they found you. 
Uh, Aquafina is fantastic. She yeah. she is, dude. What happened to your shirt? <laughs> you know, that, that's like <laughs> yeah. my favorite line. Yeah. She is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, other than, than winning time, Joe, what are you watching? Oh dear. Um, I don't know. I've been kind of just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mostly like on HBO Max. HBO Max is I kind of rising to the top of my favorite streaming services mm-hmm. as of late. You know, well, they have you, a, Royal Gemstones. You finished season two. Uh, the Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, yeah. But then just like their back catalog of stuff like, you know, The Wire, Sopranos. I'm ignoring those. I'm going to like Mr. Show. Did you see Peacemaker? No. Oh, it's great. I know. It's great. I haven't, it, it, I haven't, watched, Lo- I haven't watched Loki yet. I haven't. Wa- I don't know. I kind of after uh, WandaVision, I kind of had my Marvel and, you know, Marvel DC kind of fix for a while. Um, I did see the deleted scene from the Batman, which I have not. I'm going. That's I, I know about it, but I haven't. I haven't seen it because I'm like, eh, do I it's see it? it's 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 fine that it was deleted, right? And, and it was it's interesting, but it's also like, okay, you you know that dark in Dark Knight, you know what it's about, right? Mm-hmm. In Dark Knight. You look at the performance of Heath Ledger's Joker, and then you realize, you find out at some point, like I did years later, that it was a Tom Waits impression. You look at this performance, and you're trying to determine, okay, who is he trying to impersonate? I've heard this kind of voice before, and it sounds like this actor is trying to do an impersonation of like somebody else. And And that kind of pulls you out, and... The whole scene is shot blurry, so he's out of focus all the time, except on certain key moments. But it's a very disturbing, not, not like a Joaquin Phoenix disturbing take on the Joker. It's a much more grotesque take on the Joker. So the deleted scene of the the, the Batman is Batman visits the Joker in, 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 in like a holding cell at Arkham Asylum. I'm sorry, Arkham State Prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, what state is that, by the way? Do they ever get to Gotham City, Gotham? Okay, right. Gotham City, USA. Yeah, yeah right. Um, Speaking of which, uh, it's, it's, it's either of... a thousand miles or two miles from Metropolis, depending on which. Show I think Springfield on. might also be in this state as <laughs> yeah, well. Between the two. <laughs> what so, you did you see the uh, soccer team? The New York soccer team is called the FC Gotham. I did not see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so as far as like interesting things to talk about on a podcast about I want what I'm watching about I think winning time is about the most interesting thing That's it. that I think people should if you don't have HBO Max just fucking get it. I mean, you know, or you know, have one of your stupid friends subscribe to it and then bum off their subscription. Which works by the, for me. Which by the way, I heard Netflix now is yeah. like is cracking down on like you know sharing their uh your passwords with other people and i don't know how they're doing i guess they're tracking like ip addresses and i'm not sure i think like three or four of my family members i think honestly because that was the first one that came out and i got it my brother sister my mom might all have it (laughs) like literally they might all have it at one point so yeah so that you know it, it, it steal it while you while you can you know, like bum off your friends while you can. Or get your friend to start a Plex account. Give me a and, <laughs> and the, but, but. Tell me more about this Plex account. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> All right, Mr. Joe, do you have a parenting tip this week? Let's see. Well, uh, I would have to say 
that I I do, but I packed it away because we're preparing for a move eventually. Oh, so okay. unfortunately, I didn't bring it with me, and it's a, it's kind of buried back there. So I'm gonna have to recuse myself from the parenting tips tip segment just this once. What 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 about you, Biff? You what what do you what what do you, what do you got? Well, so sometimes lessons come hard. Okay. And, um, boy, this one was super hard. Um, so. Due to some crap that uh, you know my my son had left around, uh, some crap got ingested by my dog, Ooh. and it was not the first time that she had done this. And so he said, and basically, uh, I wasn't there when this happened because I was kind of uh, on a business trip. But basically, it was agreed that you know what, this was your fault again. You're responsible for this. So my son had to pay the vet bill. Oh, you know. You know how much emergency vet bills cost. Uh, tell me it wasn't on a weekend because every time it was we not, have to it, go, it's on a Sunday night at like midnight. Holy, this is this is the part of the hilarious part. Like, I don't know if they were trying to keep it from me or just didn't want to have me, you know, stress over it. But um, what happened was that it happened. They took her to the vet like maybe 10 p.m. Okay. And like I said, I was on a trip. I was in D.C., I get a call at one o'clock in the morning and I say, why is the veterinarian calling me? So oh. I, took, I took it. it be, it's because on the account, I'm the yeah. primary contact on yep. the account. And, and they, of course, those big, they actually contacted me one more time, even though I told them, just please contact these other people. I got another you know, thing at like three o'clock in the morning. It's like, come on, guys. We went through this. You know? So, but yeah, so it was a very, 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 expensive lesson hopefully that lesson is learned two questions is the dog yeah. okay dog's okay second question has the dog written any awesome songs <laughs> i know right <laughs> i know right <laughs> yeah so uh I, I don't know if this came up uh but my oldest son was in the play Willy Wonka jr this week as phineas trout and oh no him. kidding do you have video and and he, uh, you know, it was an after school thing on Monday and Wednesday, like four months of rehearsal and it ended, you know, so there was two performances on on the weekend and then two on Tuesday for the grades in his school and then two performances on Wednesday. They brought they shipped in other schools to see to see this play and he's getting his afternoons back and he wants a break because he's in another theater group on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So he dropped off at school at eight and you know he, two days a week he's getting picked up at five and two days a week he's getting picked up at seven so so it's a lot so i gave him a break um but then i had to sit him down yesterday and said okay um phase three of the school year is here and here are the after school things you're going to do next week which she's like no i just did this and i'm like why do you make me do this stuff and i'm like first of all yeah, you just have to do something. You're not coming home and staring at a screen. A. Secondly, it's free. Wait, whoa, it's whoa, whoa, whoa! He's also moving his fingers. Right, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, you know, because he can't play the video games during the week, and I'm like, dude, you're just not coming home after school and doing nothing. If you have an activity that you want to do, I will drive you where you need. I will sign up. I will pay for it. I will get gear. I will get an instructor. I whatever it takes to make this happen i'll make happen but until you find something that you want to do every day after school and the school and it's like you know um there's a coding thing there's you know he can do band uh which 
it would be a waste for them because they're past like introductory bands. Is stuff. there a video game playing club? There is not, sadly. There's a knitting club. <laughs> no. All uh, I can say is that it's a good thing he doesn't like contact me directly because I would be telling him, hey, tell your parents that you want to do horseback riding. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'd love to. I, I don't know. It's not as, it's not as, uh, it's not as big around here, but his, so his options were he could do coding or they have this imagineering thing where you're a cast member at a Disney theme park. So it basically is Disney park, you know, training, training, which he he's indoctrination. Like, <laughs> call it what you will, you know, but we're big Disney people. I so think he's, I think he's already indoctrinated he, into he the really Disney is. family. Uh, and it's like the person who runs it used to work at one of the parks. And it's so funny. I, I'll, I'll post, I'll post the thing. It's like, and through, and we're, we're, we're going to come up with some ideas and blah, blah, blah. And through my connections, we're going to submit some of these. I, no, you're not. Mm. But so I can't have the two boys in the same class. So I said to the oldest one, it's like, okay, I'm giving you the choice. I'll stick you in coding unless you want to do this one. And if you want it, you know, and then I'll stick your brother in whatever one you don't want to do. So, but you're both doing it. So my parenting tip is if the school has enrichment programs, if they're free, you know, if they're going to keep them busy in the afternoon, because truly, uh, what is it? Idle times is the devil's playground. Or... An idle mind is the devil's playground. Yeah. So, so until you find something that you love, that you want to do, I'm going to find stuff for you. Uh-huh. Am I? Am I the great Santini? Well, maybe a little. All right. <laughs> You're the good Santini. I wouldn't say great. <laughs> and uh. And and I'm all done. Yeah, and so am I. So Biff, uh, why don't you uh, close out this uh, deal? You know, you know, you know, convince the people at home that they should buy this podcast. You know, what's it going to well, take you know, for us to get you into this podcast today? You know, so yeah, there, I mean, gosh, there's just so many great things that um, uh, I could say about this podcast. And but you know what? I think nobody knows what's great about this podcast more than Joe. So Joe, why don't you take it away? <laughs> God damn it, you guys, you you suck me back into this podcast just because I don't have to edit it anymore. Doesn't mean that I enjoy doing this. I don't like talking. I don't like listening to myself, which is why I only listen to myself once on the playback. I don't, you know, listen to all of the platforms on which this uh, fine podcast is available, which I guess is what? Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean. Um, is it on uh, Spotify yet? No. Is it on Google Play? I think so, but nobody uses Google Play. Who the fuck knows? We'll find out. So, um, you know, I just want to thank you guys again for allowing me into your your ears, your hearts, your minds. Um, I'll get your asses someday, baby. I'll get them. I'm working to climb the ladder, Joe. Climb that ladder. Oh, and by the way, Joe, don't forget. Do you want to hear a lie? Will it help you feel better? Does that make it all right? Do you want to hear a lie? Does that make it okay? Will it help you sleep at night? Do you want to hear a lie? Does that smooth things over? Will it help you twist the knife? Do you want to hear a lie? Will that give you confidence? Does it suit your appetite?
can never get the best of me. You're 